how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. And we're joined with two other brothers. Whoa. One a brother by blood and the other a brother from another mother. We have Marty and Carlos. Marty, Carlos, thanks for joining us today. Hey, guys. What's up? This is so fun. Oh, man, our pleasure. Today, uh, we're doing an episode on robots, not on the movie or game soundtrack. Wait, I thought it was the, the DreamWorks <laughs> movie, right? Isn't that... I watched it four times this week to prepare. It's not on that. Uh, it's just on a bunch of different games that have robot themes. Now, actually, Carlos put together this playlist for us. Uh, he was a big help this week. Um, and so what, what Carlos did is he made an initial pass uh, finding some video game music that has, you know, robot themes with robot characters or maybe the game has like a robot element to it. And then I went through and I did a second pass kind of whittling down. So, so Marty and Will, what kind of music do you expect on today's episode? A Carlos and a Carl playlist? <laughs> no jazz fusion at all, right? <laughs> I think we're in for uh, a lot of hooks, a lot of grooves. Um <laughs> And it's safe to say. Yeah, and I think like a lot of like r- robot like synchronization outside like in the music and maybe some like like some cool like aspirational futurism. I think that yeah. is definitely safe to say. This at uh, this playlist is very groovy. I really enjoyed um going through the picks. I'm sure the first thing on Carlos's mind was, uh, this is good, but it doesn't have that aspirational futuristic quality <laughs> I'm going for. Actually Hits the that's chalk, a pretty nice term that I like to I, I agree with it. Like obviously you guys have heard a lot of my picks over the years and you know what I like and I feel like we line up in a lot of ways, but um yeah, I wanted to I was thinking about RoboGirl 2, you know, we've got RoboGirl 2 out in the world now and yes. um, the feelings that I get from hearing a lot of the music that Marty made and uh, I tried to pull a little bit of those feelings out in the picks that I chose today. That's awesome. Yeah, so what we're doing today, it's kind of uh, a celebration for the launch of RoboGirl 2. So what we have in our playlist today is we, we also have three tracks from RoboGirl 2 that are going to be interspersed uh, throughout this playlist. So look forward Only to that three. as well. <laughs> and if you want to hear more, head on over to supermarkadabros.bandcamp.com. Yeah, and we, it, <laughs> guys, I just, I just have to mention up top, I mean, RoboGirl 2 is outstanding i mean uh, it's the, stellar first of all the soundtrack is is way larger than the last one and the artwork and the whole project is you know that much more ambitious and oh, both dude. all of your work carlos uh just yeah, jaw-dropping I mean, and marty mm-hmm, i mean the, we've talked extensively you know my thoughts about the music it's just phenomenal i mean the the tracking the melodies but also what i so love about so much of the stuff in robo girl too is i feel like it also has this it's like modern music through a retro lens you know right. it's not just like an 80s nostalgia fest there's lots of kind of modern pop type of idioms but being done through kind of an, a game boy i don't know imagined past future yeah thing. it's way more timeless than one would expect for a, a game boy sounding album um it's it's not as boxed in as i think most uh, modern chiptunes are it's yeah it's it's really an incredible piece of work and so we're very excited to be able to give you guys a little taste wow, thanks so much guys gosh 
All right, so let's dive right in. What you guys heard playing in was obviously Woodman from Mega Man 2, yeah. and we're going to go back to the Mega Man series. So, Carlos, when you thought about uh, video game music that has a robot theme, was Mega, was Mega Man like the first thing you thought of? I mean, it always is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm definitely throwing a bone to you guys. You guys know that I like Mega Man 3. Oh, yeah, uh, right, right. Mega Man 2, also amazing. And a timely for you guys, too, because uh, we were lucky enough to have Takashi Tateshi at MAGFest, so yes. I thought it was really good to lead in with uh, Woodman from Mega Man When it's 2. great, because he actually, uh, when we got the chance to speak with him, he he brought up uh, Woodman, because it was actually the track mm-hmm. written directly oh. after uh, Dr. Wily's theme, where the development team basically said, yeah, can you make another track like Just that? Just do it like that and, again. And he essentially kind of incorporates like one of the same melodic ideas, Um and the same bass it's kind of groove. Like the A section here, yeah. But mm-hmm. I also, yeah, just the the drum intro is, I feel like maybe what's even the, like the most iconic like, yeah. thing about this piece. It's it's well, also cool that we're starting our robot um, playlist with Woodman, so it's like we're kind of bridging from like the organic <laughs> world into like the metallic. Yeah, that's concert. awesome. So Carlos ordered this playlist chronologically based on the game's release other than RoboGirl 2. So that that will be kind of making some hiccups in the chronology. So Whoops, let's move sorry. on to... Uh, well, you said that uh, RoboGirl 2 was timeless, right? Yeah, that's true. That's there true, yeah. All right, so let's move on to the next game. This is uh, Burning Force, which is a Namco arcade game. Originally released in 89 and there was a Mega Drive port that came out a year later. Let's take a listen to Grassland Daytime. And this one was composed by Yoshinori Kawamoto. Here we go. You guys are listening to Grassland Daytime. This is from the arcade game Burning Force, which was developed by Namco, originally released in 89. This is really cool. Carlos, do you know, have we ever played any Burning Force music on the podcast? I, It sounds familiar, but I don't know if we have. I, I don't think you have, no. Wow. Um, when I was making the list, I tried to include um, stuff that you guys haven't played before. Perfect. So, um, yeah, yeah, this game's like... Uh, I don't know if maybe you guys are familiar with Space Harrier or like early Sega kind of super scaler like Outrun or Afterburner. Right. It's it's kind of like Namco's answer to Space Harrier. Okay. And you're playing as a young girl and she's riding on like this kind of futuristic hover like bike. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, Yoshinori Kawamoto did the score for the game. And um, actually when I was digging into it, it was just kind of a... Uh, happy coincidence, but he worked on Star Fox Assault, 
So um, oh wow, oh, that wow, is, you great. know what I was like, why why do I recognize that name? That's really awesome. So he's a person yeah. that has been in the industry for a while. Well, gosh, I I really love this track, and it it captures this kind of uh, melancholia. That's one of my just one of my favorite things about video game music in general, mm. but especially yeah. like you know more like FM arcadey music and yeah this is uh i believe it's the ym 2151 so like Mm -hmm. the first like fm chip which is really cool to hear how how strong it sounds even in 2019 absolutely and and you know the fm synth mixed with the jazz fusion composition it is a perfect sound for this futuristic robot game like it really does sound like technicolor and wondrous it was something that's yeah. so amazing and that i just i has been so wonderful about doing this podcast but even before that is like i don't know as i get older and as i listen to more music and stuff you'd think okay i've listened to every great piece of old school video game music because there can't be that much of it right and like we do this right. podcast every week and we're listening and digesting so much music but it's like when we do the show and tells or when other people bring in tracks it's like there's like no doubt that there's going to be just amazing gems like this that I've never heard before. And it's and it's not just like this is something that came out 10 years ago. It's like still listening to old, you know, NES track or yeah. old arcade music or Genesis stuff. It's crazy just how much music there is out there. Enough it feels for a like an endless well. <laughs> yeah, it almost yeah, defies your logic. But I think... It's just difficult to grasp how much uh, how much music was written like during this period, and yeah. really, uh, I mean, obviously the quality can can vary pretty widely, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that that's one of the most exciting things I think about the the podcast is there still are these gems to discover. Um, yeah, it maybe requires a little bit more digging or yeah, more more check ins with Carlos or something, but. well that's a big part of the fun of all of this to me too is like you guys said there's there's always something new that you can find if you're willing to put the work in to look for it Mm -hmm. and yeah tracks like this are a perfect example of that let's move on to shatterhand which is an awesome nes soundtrack uh led by one of my favorite composers iku mizutani also joined by koichi yamanishi let's take a listen to area a You guys are listening to Area A from Shatterhand. This game uh, was composed by Iku Mizutani as well as Koichi Yamanishi. And there also is a credit for uh, 
Hiroyuki Iwatsuki as well. This is Area A, and this game is about uh, a young police officer who loses both of his arms <laughs> and is offered two specially uh, developed cybernetic arms. So it definitely fits the theme of robots. Yeah. He's living the dream. The box art is <laughs> it's amazing. cool robot arms. This. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like, a, pre- it sounds like thing- a prequel to RoboCop. This well, yeah, it should also arms. be mentioned that he's fighting a bunch of uh, cyborg soldiers, too. So it's, it's a very robot-heavy game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I think that um, the things that you touched on, both of uh, you, Carl and Will, um, so this is actually the American version, Shatterhand, was changed from the Japanese version. The Japanese version is actually based on like a tokusatsu live-action show oh, called nice. Soul Brain. And it's yeah. like a metal hero, which is like a subgenre. In Tokusatsu, I guess we're getting into Heroes Three stuff right now. <laughs> but uh, but really, really, um, Metal Heroes like as like a subgenre in Japanese like television really was an influence for RoboCop mm. in a lot of ways. Sure. So yeah, yeah I, I remember that because cool. I, I brought music in from this game on a show and tell years ago, and I I just knew it by the Japanese title uh, that mm-hmm. had Soul Brain in it. Um, and then when we were putting together the credits for the episode, that's when Carl found like, oh yeah. no, this game's called Shatterhand, and in the U.S. it has this, you know, entirely different title and everything. Um, so that's yeah, interesting that right. they just completely changed the name of the game. It's a killer soundtrack. Mm-hmm. You know, Iku Mizutani might be one of the most underrated video game composers because if you look at his entire career, almost everything he does is is this energetic and rocking. I mean Yeah, mm-hmm. and that level yeah, this level of solid. He's written so many bangers and yeah. a lot of them are from obscure games, but you know, it doesn't matter if he's on the Game Boy or the Super Nintendo or the NES. I mean he is he's a great composer. And yeah, this is just such uh this is such a strong piece of music. I mean this is up there with the great, you know, eight bit like up tempo rock driving level themes, and it's cool. It's it's really just driven um, by the strength of the melodic ideas. There aren't a lot of bells and whistles with uh, changing, you know, the sound of the instruments or, um, you know, yeah. more sort of like crazy advanced things in in the arrangement, um, which I I kind of love. It's it's really about um, just how powerful that like all the melodic ideas are. Man, it's so good. Well, this is a great one-two punch because we're now going to move on to a soundtrack that has a very similar vibe to Shatterhand. And it shouldn't be surprising because like we did say, uh, Hiroyuki Iwatsuki was also a credited composer for Shatterhand. Shatterhand. Uh, he also worked on uh, this game, uh, which is, uh, Carlos, how would you pronounce this game? Trojan Sentai Jetman. Carlos, you're so adorable. I just, I love you so much. <laughs> we listened to, <laughs> we listened to Area A from Shatterhand. Now we're going to listen to Area E. Let's take a listen.
Man, I really love how this, tra this there's not a lot of like NES rockers in 6-4, but it's, it, oh, yeah. man, it grooves really hard. This is composed by Hiroyuki Iwatsuki, uh, and this is from Chojin Sentai Jetman for the NES. This is Area E. So good. I, I might like this more than that Area A from Shatterhand. It's just really, really cool. Really cool, yeah. Man, and so was this based on uh, like a tokusatsu like series as well then? Yeah, so Chojin Sentai Jetman is one of the long series of Sentai shows, the Power Rangers that have been, were popular in the 90s. So, yep. And it's a continuing series even to this, every year there's a new Sentai show. And Jetman oh, wow. was kind of like a bird-themed uh, team, and mm -hmm. obviously they have their own robots, and the robots combine into an even bigger robot, which is like the stuff that I love. <laughs> <laughs> I think my first, yeah, definitely my first introduction to that idea was with Power Rangers. The idea that everyone has this robotic, you know, suit, and then they all come together and join forces. I mean, that's like one of the most exciting things as a kid is, and it's also so brilliant because it translates so well to toys. Yeah, right. where you have to like collect all these toys and what they work cool, together. Like story-wise, it seems to work every time. It's like, oh, we're we're separate and we're each powerful, but mm -hmm. we're never as strong as we are together. <laughs> and it's like, I don't, I don't know. I think for a lot of us, you can keep repeating that story cycle, and mm -hmm. it continues to work. It's awesome. you know, I I want to know whose idea it was. Like, I imagine it was it was an American. Uh, person like executive or producer whose idea it was to just reuse all of that footage from Power Rangers and just shoot like the stuff like the non-action stuff and basically make <laughs> an entire new show for an entire new like part of the world it was kind of ballsy but brilliant it is yeah it's like uh kids like saved by the bell let's do saved by <laughs> yeah, the bell but exactly. add robots but as a kid <laughs> like I will say that I didn't notice any continuity problems like it just at that age, like it, it is, it worked for me, you know. <laughs> yeah. Later on, then you watch it, you're like, oh wow. <laughs> well, and it was also we all had like varying uh, quality CRT televisions and stuff. That um, <laughs> probably helped like blur some of the lines. The thing that's cool about these shows in Japan is that they didn't really play up the kid side of it. Some of the stuff that happens in those shows is really messed up, and they took all that oh, out. <laughs> right, for sure. <laughs> Well, it's very exciting. Let's move on to our first little taste of Robo Girl 2. Very exciting. This yes. album, at the time of recording, um, we're recording this on Thursday, which uh, tonight we're actually going to do a listening party for it, and it's officially going to be released tomorrow. But if you're listening to this episode, it is already out, and you can download it. Uh, the full album is called Robo Girl 2 Journey the Stars. And this is an album of Marty's. Uh, Marty, why don't we, before we play this first little taste, why don't you just give a brief uh, little rundown of maybe kind of your inspiration for this album? Sure, I'll try not to say too much. Uh, this is actually a sequel to an album that I wrote last year um, that Carlos and I were both kind of conceiving together, and Carlos also did the artwork on the first Rebel Girl album. Um, it's the sound of Robo Girl is a combination of Game Boy programming and and the mm -hmm. first album um, kind of so it's like the small sounds from a Game Boy, but then these giant uh, drum sample sounds. But those drum samples are run through uh, an NES. And right. in Robo Girl Two, I kind of took the I kind of expanded the band a little bit, so I dig a little bit more into the NES side. So we have sometimes. Uh, more voices than than you'd expect in that combination, but really, I would say uh, Robo Girl Two is like a celebration of the 
emotional, um, you know, almost kind of like prone to melancholy, but yet still aspirational hero. So that's kind of what I was hoping to to capture in the album. So hopefully that comes across. Let's take a listen to a track called Power Up from RoboGirl 2, composed by Marty Brueggemann. My God, you guys are listening to Power Up from RoboGirl 2. And fun fact, this is my favorite RoboGirl track of all time. It's my favorite from both albums. It's phenomenal. I'm excited to ask you some questions here about this, Marty. Was, I imagine this was intentional. This seems like it's kind of a callback to Planet One in a lot of ways. There's some rhythmic ideas Ooh, and some yeah. like call and response things. The four on the floor. There's not a lot of tracks that have that straight four on the floor. So was this kind of maybe like some sort of answer to Planet One? Uh, a little bit, and kind of an answer to uh, the the different kind of like aesthetic features that have like popped up in the album. Mostly in this okay. album, but a little bit in the in the first album. In that melody. God, it's, it's, just, it's just the best. It also reminds me of... Oh, sure. Like, mm-hmm. has similar Ooh, contours yeah. and rhythms. A lot of those gestures were really inspired by a lot of, um, like, T-Square and Cassiopeia. Um, oh, my gosh, songs. I can and Actually, hear that. Carlos put together this amazing uh, J-Fusion playlist, like, when I was, like, starting to work on RoboGirl That's Girl great. Um, and... I, I actually feel like some of the the tracks that uh, that might seem like a little more uh, inspired by that kind of came a little bit later in the, the working of the yeah, album. This, this was actually this one was of the very last treat. last pieces that I um, that I finished. And so I imagine this is this is sort of like her at maximum power. She collects these uh, different like rare gems throughout the <laughs> in the in my head. <laughs> and so this is she's just about to face her final opponent, and she now is 
like yeah her most like actualized self well i mean this track is is at is the album's like max power right. honestly that's why it's my favorite <laughs> is because every nice. single element in this track is maxed out like the melody that's a be- it's a beautiful and emotional melody the groove is so strong but when it turns that corner and you have and you have these really cool they almost sound like suspended chords moving together it's a really neat sound but then you have that which is such a gorgeous melody but it isn't just that it's also like this really cool like rhythmic displacement but then that kick drum comes in and it really takes you on an emotional journey because you're introduced to an idea feeling kind of like you're floating and you don't know where the one is but then this really steady like pop element comes in and it really feels like it's like you were saying marty like she's fully powered up and she's ready to face her foes well here's the reason why i love uh this track so much is there are some elements in here that you might hear from modern chip tuners like you might hear some grooves like this you might hear some kind of jazzy displacement like this but you 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 would never hear this all in one package with this clear uh powerful melody uh there's just so many different elements that are coming together on this track that is just unlike anything that you'll hear out there it's it's really special man I, i'm i'm turning red guys i don't know if i should be here thanks, Dude, thanks i was so turning red when i was listening to this track <laughs> <laughs> actually oh, this man. is like uh i i haven't listened to this track entirely until this moment really because i it's awesome it's, yeah, yeah it's one this of came like really late in the game so carlos had yeah. been subjected to so many drafts of basically yeah. every piece like mm-hmm. dozens of drafts and this is something that came kind of late in the game so at a certain point i think for just like uh carlos's own san- sanity it's like okay let's <laughs> wait until it's finished because yeah no, i don't want to have to I, do that i really enjoyed hearing all the different versions and i'm very fortunate that i was a part of that but um towards the end i could just like like everything you were sending me was so crazy and i was like i need to save some of this for yeah. when the album comes out so i can enjoy it like on its own without having that mm-hmm. side of it and like yeah hearing this track today is like really special that's it's awesome man oh man Gosh, all right let's move on carlos what do you got next for us today on this wonderful playlist yeah yeah the next track i picked is from cyvalian which is um a kind of a shooter where you're playing as like a robot dragon so the interesting thing about this though is that the arcade version is a taito uh, game and Zuntada is the sound team from Taito and they yep. worked on the score for the arcade version but the console version the Super Nintendo version is actually uh, done by different composers and uh, Hayato Matsuo who mm. did Master of Monsters he's like really really good yeah and, well he um, did that track that you loved um, uh, from the most recent show and yeah. tell that really classical Master, Genesis that was one. from Master of yeah. Monsters he's super good Actually, he is a student of Koichi Sugiyama, the mm-hmm. Dragon Quest composer. Oh, wow. Yeah, so this track's really wild and I uh, hope you enjoy it. Let's take a listen to chapter one.
You guys are listening to Chapter One. Uh, how do you pronounce this game? Cyvalion. Cyvalion, composed by Hayato Matsuo, very talented composer. This is a treat for me because I don't know if I've heard a lot of uh, Matsuo music that's in this style. Um, it's a little bit more kind of jazzy and groovy than a lot of the soundtracks that I was familiar with him. Um, so yeah, this this is a real treat. This is a very kind of experimental track. It has a, a wonderful funk kind of fusion groove with some nice slap bass, but some pretty surprising melodic moments here. But yeah. I love that. Be- yeah, it's a beautifully simple and um, yeah, again, kind of like wistful melody on top of that groove yeah. that he established. And I love the kind of like like organ portamento little part of the of the groove bed is yeah i'm, oh, I'm so curious cool. to ask you guys you know listening to this episode there's quite a bit of like this melancholy emotion throughout a lot of these tracks why do you think that is i think that's broader than mm. robot music it's well, the there's robot something struggle. compelling about the idea of like a robot feeling like just yeah. in general like a robot having a heart a robot feeling like lost i'm not sure what yeah. it is but it seems like uh for us humans like just considering that kind of character it's like that's that's where we gravitate towards and i think even it's kind of a metaphor for what video games are or computer entertainment in general you know the idea of using a machine Mm. to create art i know like in the early days of uh ea the company electronic arts they had this whole philosophy about you know can a computer make you cry and like they were really interested in that's why they called their company electronic arts is they wanted to make something moving and i think a lot of uh game developers or Mm -hmm. anybody working on technology they were curious about that sort of question is how far can we push this can we push this into the realm of genuine human emotion and i think the people who succeeded most in that goal were the composers because i think the music was actually aided by the sound of the synthesizers and the chips and everything because it it gave it this ambiguousness where it was kind of like it could be in this genre or that genre and it kind of almost would take you by surprise the level of quality because you just expected it to sound like you know computer music or i don't know dare i say robot music but when it has so much passion and heart and evokes all these other genres well you know that's another reason why this was so perfect to also intersperse the robo girl 2 stuff because that's some of the same emotional combination that i love about that album is like you have these really like hard-hitting grooves in this overall sense of kind of this electronic futuristic quality but with these really emotional and at times bittersweet melodies and so it's crazy how well that emotionally fits on this episode today very well put yeah i'm excited to move uh back to the Mega Man series uh carlos picked something from Mega Man 5 uh which was composed by mari yamaguchi which is a great soundtrack big fan of Mega Man 5 um this is napalm man let's check it out
You guys are listening to Napalm Man from Mega Man 5, composed by Mari Yamaguchi. This is a great track. Mega Man 5 is probably my third favorite NES Mega Man soundtrack, behind uh, 2 and 1. Yeah, I I sort of feel bad about the NES Mega Man games, because like Mega Man 2, the in my opinion, is like the greatest thing ever, and Mega Man 1 is also amazing. Mega Man 3, I'm not, like, on the parade for it. Like, I, there's some tracks that I like, but it doesn't sound anything <laughs> like the other ones. And that's a problem to me because it's, like, what was established was so great. And then the rest of the games kind of, like, sort of go for that sound and then sort of do their own thing. And I think it's, like, I know the games are so classic, yeah. but to me, like, none of the soundtracks ever even come close to reaching the same height as the early stuff and i know that's like not everyone has that opinion but it's just kind of weird because then when you look at like the super nintendo mega man games they're great like the mega man x series is so strong mega man 7 is great rockman and forte um even some of the like playstation mega man games have really cool soundtracks i think one reason why x started a really um solid tradition is because they got a bunch of composers to work together on it, and I think it was just taken very seriously, where it's like all these other Mega Man games for the NES, um, like, it was just one person working on it, and it was like a different person every single time. So how can you really have consistency when you do that? And they were also cranking them out so fast. So Mm -hmm. it kind of makes sense in a way why it ended up like this. I I do love Mario Yamaguchi's work here, and I actually think that... um, uh, when we look at the like the Redux um, Mega Man games that like Ippo Yamada did uh, most of the the work on, mm-hmm. it's like we think of that as being like a Tateishi send up, and I think it mostly is. But there, I think there's a lot that um, Yamaguchi does in in this score that he that at least I think like the modern kind of like Mega Man fan does kind of identify as part of the sound and like just oh, the yeah. the way she sort of. Um, I don't know, kind of like riffs very like fluidly on these lines. Like there are mm-hmm. these cool like portamento like climbs and like falls that are kind of almost like, I guess, guitaristic or vocalistic. Um, and yeah, no, I, I no, she's really she's cool great. Book. This is this is a great soundtrack, and there are definitely moments on Mega Man Five where it feels like classic Mega Man. And I do think that she was inspired by by one and two and and three and and trying to kind of combine it all together. Um, yeah, it's it. She she made a great soundtrack. There's a lot of lot of bangers on this. So and she would be back in Mega Man Ten. She would do. Uh, mm-hmm. I think she did Sheep Man's uh, mm-hmm. music. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Really, really cool. All right, let's move on. Uh, the next uh, game that Carlos is representing here is Jumping Flash. I've actually never heard of this game before, Carlos. Oh, tell me a little bit about this. Yeah, so Jumping Flash is like an early uh, PS One era game, and you're actually playing as a robot rabbit. Can you imagine what the robot rabbit's name Jumping is? Jumping Flash. Um, Robbie. It's Robbit. <laughs> Wait, what is it? Uh, it's Robbit. Robbit. I guessed Robbie, so I was close. It's close, close. Yeah, it's a really cool game, though. Let's take a listen to Distant Cosmos, composed by Takeo Miratsu.
You guys are listening to Distant Cosmos from Jump and Flash, which is uh, a game for the PS1. Is that right, Carlos? Yeah. This is uh, composed by Takeo Miratsu. I really love this one. It goes yeah, for this, this like surprising funk groove because there's a short introduction and then all of a sudden it you know turns on a dime and i love how long it takes for the bass to come in it's a pretty exciting introduction to that to that instrument and really great groove great synth sounds um really good track yeah when when we were playing the track will you were commenting on that little b section with that kind of like wah wah (laughs) instrument uh it was so that definitely feels like that's the sound of robert right yeah (laughs) sure well i was saying that it it reminds me of that moment in a musical you know especially uh i I just think of that moment from little shop you have that song downtown in the beginning where you sort of meet all the characters and sort of feel the plight but then interjected in it then seymour has this sort of like sad opening his heart I want kind of moment and that happens a lot in musicals and that little moment felt like it because you have it's like really swanky bluesy fun funk but then you have this like really vulnerable and kind of sad sweet little melody it it almost made me laugh it was just so I don't know delightful that's awesome well let's move on to the next game uh this one i i really liked a lot carlos gave me a lot of options and so we're actually going to play two tracks from this because i was really digging it this is virtual on and it looks like it came out for the saturn uh, pc as well as arcades um let's start things off uh by playing Earthlight from virtual on and this one was composed by kentaro kobayashi You guys are listening to Earthlight from Virtual On, uh, which was originally released for the arcade. This is composed by Kentaro Kobayashi. This is classic arcade VGM right here. I just I love yeah. when those uh, those leads were harmonized. That's just a really cool rocking oh, yeah. sound. Those guitar, guitar uh, samples yeah. are pretty hilarious, but they're great. <laughs> I like this melody. I feel like I like the way that it um, it evolves. Um, there's that kind of old idea Leonard Bernstein uh, summarized it beautifully but it's something that I'd noticed in music for a long time and it's kind of like I don't know this great way of looking at melodies he called it sort of the ready set go idea but it's sort of like something mm-hmm. where the first time you have one idea then the second time it reaches a little bit higher and then the third time it sets off kind of on an adventure yeah. and that's like so true in so many different melodies and the way that this track sort of does that and then it's like mm-hmm. now we're ready to kind of set off yeah. on an adventure 
Yeah, so the subtitle of this game is Virtual on Cyber Troopers. So, uh, Carlos, do you want to say a little bit about, like, maybe what type of game this is? I think you, you said you played this at MAGFest, right? Yeah, they had a cabinet at MAGFest. It's a really cool uh, arcade game where you get to pick your robot, and it's a twin-stick controlled game, and you're basically fighting against uh, uh, whoever's sitting next to you. And cool. it's, like, like stylized like a third-person action game. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And awesome. Anytime there's an arcade machine of that game, where if I'm somewhere, I gotta try it out because it's tons of fun to play. Very very cool. Well, let's go back to RoboGirl 2. Let's give our second taste of this album, which again is available right now at SuperMarcadoBros.com uh, in our original music page, or if you just want to go to the direct URL, SuperMarcadoBros.BandCamp.com. Let's take a listen to The Empress of Space, which is the final boss theme from RoboGirl 2. You guys are listening to the Empress of Space final boss from Robo Girl 2. So Marty, talk a little bit about some of your intentions and kind of what you were thinking of when you dove into this track. Sure. So uh, I suppose like a lot of chip two music, uh, undeniably inspired by um, Tateishi San and mm-hmm. you know the incredible uh, Dr. Wily theme, but really just yeah. all of all of that music. Um, yeah, I, I th- there's I think a lot of pressure on kind of like a a climax whether you're talking about like you know writing a book or screenplay or a concept album like this um and luckily Mm -hmm. this was uh this was something that i had written a little bit earlier on in in the process and so i had kind of a sigh of relief that it uh sort of had that in place but yeah it starts with this 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 false sense of security with like a little statement of of the theme yeah i love that yeah that's where i'm imagining robogirl confronting her and you can see the empress of space on the amazing cover art and she's Hmm. she's really this striking like fascinating uh person and so yeah kind of playing with you know is she friend or is she foe yeah Um, and then we we kind of turn into sort of an unexpected key change and you know we're up tempo and the whole so bands. good yeah that that groove is is very what's cool. the name of the final villain from the first robo girl what was her name uh it that that track's called wicked wicked queen oh right mm-hmm. but i sort of imagine it actually is the same person um right that even as robo girl uh has been doing all kinds of good in the universe that the wicked queen has actually like elevated herself to an empress Oh. Yeah, the groove is so shredding and energetic on this one. It, it's just, oh man, it's it's really cool doing to get to get to get. It's just really fast bass, and I love the the instrument switching. And also, what's so great about 
the Game Boy and also that you are able to kind of mix these tracks too is the panning is so exciting. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's exciting with those uh consoles where you could program the panning. So yep. that was a that was another goal I had for the second album was to really uh to push the panning programming a lot a lot further. It's so great. And I would say um the the lore of Robo Girl too was a lot more fleshed out uh, mm-hmm. than the first Robo Girl, which yeah. I think was more of just the concept or where we had these kind of broad ideas and we're kind of tightening up when we were dancing our ideas back and forth. Well, I think yeah. the really cool thing about it is, first of all, you could make a legitimate game out of all of these concepts. But then the other thing is I feel like it led to more inspiration because Robo Girl 2, there's more music. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Marty, but it just doesn't... 30 tracks. But it doesn't just seem yeah. like it's like these were just singular ideas that you wanted to put in. It seemed like you really were trying to flesh out this world and flesh out this game. Yeah. And you have themes for all the different kind of characters and... Um, gameplay scenarios and it's like it's all been thought out so i think that kind of lore like carlos was talking about it really you can almost tell that difference just in the music itself it's like deeper in a way yeah i have to say too that alberto was a big part of that my friend because yeah, uh completely. The, the drawings the artwork that you see on the album are based on drawings that alberto did and mm. him and i were bouncing ideas back and forth and like the idea of like mixtape and and these other things those were really a uh, huge uh oh, part wow. of our, alberto. yeah there were ideas that came from alberto and carlos that then inspired new pieces of music um like they're saying yeah like um, yeah, the idea that you could collect a mixtape like at the end of the level, and so then that mm-hmm. led to this track that like that's so great. Yeah, musicalizes it. Well, let's go back to Virtual On. We're gonna play the second track uh, from this. This is Waiting Girl. Let's take a listen. track oh man this is so good waiting girl from virtual on composed by kentaro kobayashi wow that's great it's a pretty sexy track here <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love those slow jams man yeah, yeah it's, it's a slow jam but then it's also just kind of classic video game music too it's a lot it's like a lot more jazzy than like something like a tr- you know an actual slow jam right well yeah there's not always an opportunity in an arcade combat game for a, a moment like this <laughs> you're saying carlos this is probably when you're entering your like high score initials or something yeah i believe so that's so good oh i love it it's great yeah similar like i said similar to last wave you know like mm-hmm. at, in outrun like yeah the 
the relaxing end of your exciting arcade game. <laughs> yeah, those types of vibe. That's not something you get in a lot of arcade games. Oh, yeah. Last Wave is another beautiful one. Very similar vibe. Cool. Let's move on. Uh, the next game that we're going to go to is Zero Divide 2, The Secret Wish. Uh, what, what did this come out for, Carlos? This is a PlayStation and Saturn game. And okay. it's a one-on-one fighting game. Well, you know I love fighting games. And um, oh, yeah. you're playing a, a roster of robots. All right. So it is fitting for is today. Is this one we saw at Mag, Carlos? I've, no, no. I, okay. I've never seen it there. Gotcha. Let's take a listen to Fascination from Zero Divide 2, composed by Akihito Okawa. You guys are listening to Fascination from Zero Divide 2, The Secret Wish. So funky. One of the funkiest tracks of the day. And that's saying something. That bass is just an all-star. Yeah, oh, my God. So good. I love how active it is and, and also how much space there is at other times. And a lot of these very short kind of muted notes, it's it's incredibly tasty. Yeah, I think this whole soundtrack rules. Um, it's got <laughs> this funk. It's got this fusion to it. It's... It's really tasty. And Akihito Kawa really only did a couple of soundtracks, like the first oh, really? game in this game. Yeah. He, huh. yeah, I would like to know more about him. He's got a SoundCloud page and he posts tracks okay, that cool. he worked on, which is cool. But outside of that, I don't really know anything about him. I wonder, he, he must have just moved on to another career or something, which is uh, too bad. This guy's got the goods, man. Another one of those. Uh, tragic japanese composer stories I yeah know. it's like i had no idea my work had any impact so i retired god to the farm well then and you know hopefully you guys are hearing this in the background he's taking a road solo later on yeah, now, which is amazing. yeah i best. think the production falls like in a nice spot on the uncanny valley when we talk about this mm-hmm. um this time period in game music this is great yeah, I mean, he's really embracing the fact that he's able to have this recorded track, even with that road solo. I mean, it's very exciting and spontaneous and evolving in a way that wouldn't have been possible before. So great track. Really nice pick, man. That's cool. All Thank right. Um, let's move on to Gundam the Battle Master 2. This is composed by Hiroyuki Iwatsuki, which is a name that we've heard earlier today in that Jetman and also that Shatterhand yeah. music. So Another Natsume cool. joint. Dope. Let's check out Ball.
You guys are listening to Ball, and that's what we're having right now, <laughs> listening to this. This is composed by Hiroyuki Iwatsuki from Gundam The Battle Master 2. And this is really interesting because this is a composer that did some awesome rocking stuff on a system like the NES. We heard Shatterhand, we heard, you know, Jetman. Now, going to this era, it, it's very interesting. Uh, one thing I'll say is it doesn't have a lot of semblance, it doesn't have a lot of similarities to the musical style that maybe he did on the NES. And and part of that is that he's able to just make these recordings to, to go for a completely different genre, this sure. kind of fleshed out jazz fusion, this kind of ambient, slightly ambient jazz fusion, just a lot of atmosphere and kind of pads and reverb. It, it's something that wouldn't clearly wouldn't have been possible on the NES. So, you know, I've thought about this a lot and I think um, at least in America, I mean, a lot of people that liked video game music, they weren't necessarily aware of like other popular kinds of music in Japan at the time. And I think what's mm-hmm. so amazing about early game music is the chip stuff. It makes everyone on a level playing field. Like no matter what you're yeah. doing, it all has to come through that sound. And so I think the reason why so much Japanese video game music was so great is it was really melodic and interesting and fresh, I think, to Western ears because it was, like, catchy, but it didn't exactly sound like stuff that was on the radio for them. But once you Mm -hmm. get to this era where it's, like, music starts to sound a lot closer to, like, other kind of popular forms of music in Japan... To me, yeah, it yeah. loses some of that universality because it's like you're you're hearing like a level of production that I think to a lot of Western ears might sound a little bit corny or cheesy. Mm-hmm. And not to say that you can't still love it or appreciate it, but it goes into the sort of like cult or like niche sensibility where it's like... Well, for me, what it does compositionally is it's great music and I really enjoy it. Yeah. But it, yeah. Also, it also does lose some of that specific VGM quality sure um mm-hmm. and so this is a little bit just more like you know j fusion that that you would hear outside of video games i think you could think of a lot of uh classic chip game music it's almost being like an avatar in the way that the old sprites were like avatars for more realistic um humans <laughs> or characters or animals or whatever and right. yeah as you get that increasing detail um it's it brings it brings so much with it but i think yeah like you guys are saying it's like it then clearly positions you like in a culture in a time period um Mm -hmm. in a way that was just not even possible in the old games but then it intentionally or inadvertently kind of became an aesthetic and i think was part of like the like the cross cultural appeal yeah. Well, so one of the first games that I, in series that I thought of when we wanted to do this episode, and also that I knew Carlos was going to be helping out with the playlist, was <laughs> Super Robot Tyson. So I'm really glad that we're going to represent this series. Um, so let's start with uh, Super Robot Tyson Original Generation. Now, uh, is this like an arranged version, Carlos? So this is... F- so with Original Generation, that was a game that came out on the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. And then they remade those two original generation games on the playstation 2 uh, and it's called original generations so Mm -hmm. the track that i bring today is called uh burn compatible kaiser Mm -hmm. and it's from the playstation 2 uh super robot tyson original generations got it this is uh credited uh, with the team salamander factory which is composed of a bunch of different uh great japanese composers um we'll we'll, we'll give uh maybe those names on our website if you're curious to hear who is credited with salamander factory but let's let's take a listen to burn compatible kaiser from super robot 
Robot Tizen Original Generations. You guys are listening to Burn Compatible Kaiser. Uh, this is credited with Salamander Factory, a bunch of different great Japanese composers from Super Robot Tizen Original Generations PS2, arrangement yeah. of original Game Boy Advance music. Yeah, this is definitely a more pleasing uh, version to listen to. Uh, the GBA stuff is great and has a, kind of a charming quirk uh, to it, but yeah, this, this, this sounds a lot better. Yeah, this is the type of musical vibe that I kind of would expect from this robots episode so it's nice to get this what i consider just like you know kind of classic futuristic robot vgm mm-hmm. see i think i would prefer the the game boy stuff because to me oh yeah uh, game boy advance um falls in that category of like i don't know it's still universal enough because it's like it's so compressed and everything is still funneled through that you know that sound that channel where it's like you can tell something's a game boy advance game um, and mm-hmm. there's like an added charm to that where this just hearing kind of outdated midi-ish mm-hmm. samples, it's like it, yeah. it doesn't really hold up very well anymore. And it's like the music is so great, but it's it's very difficult to listen past that, especially when it's going for such like a specific genre cliche almost. And you have those um, instruments like I think it's harder to appreciate mm-hmm. the track where if this were on a retro platform. Um, it would almost be aiming up at that rather than feeling like it's this is like not as legit as if it were real instruments. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think one reason why you might feel that is when you think about the GBA sound, it really is right in the middle of Game Boy and SNES. That's kind of exactly where it lives, you mm-hmm. know. And mm-hmm. when you think about this track and this style of composition, that is very fitting. It reminds me of some Super Nintendo stuff. It, it's rocking. It's very melodic and fun. There's some Game Boy stuff. That, that it reminds me of too. So yeah, that that presentation was was very natural. So yeah, it is interesting, you know, taking that music and arranging it uh, for the PS2 on I imagine a yeah. limited budget, which is why they they used all these um, virtual instruments here. Um, yeah, it was a tough job to do. I mean, I, I really enjoy this version. I think I think it's really fun to listen to. But I hear what yeah, you're saying, it, Will. It, and I'm glad that you mentioned Super NES because this track itself, the the origins of this track come from the Super NES because that makes sense. Uh, at the same time, there was Super Robot Wars games, which is kind of like this crazy thing where they just take all these different properties and throw them into one game together. <laughs> and um, but there's also like action games that are called the Great Battle series, and this mm-hmm. track is actually. Uh, originating from the great battle and um yeah the the whole like you guys said this 
the the composition style of this is totally like a throwback to like 70s and 80s style mm-hmm. like robot themes and all yeah. this stuff that I really love these kind of hot blooded robots that shoot their fists out at you and <laughs> shoot laser beams out of their eyes like this is all the cool stuff that I really like and when I was trying to pick a Super Robot Tyson track I did uh, fall into that whole thing where it's like uh, these samples don't sound that great and uh, mm. you know like they kind of sound dated because of like the MIDI sound but I really had to pick Compatible Kaiser because well, one I think the robot's really awesome <laughs> and um, <laughs> two I just think it really represents like the old like super robot shows that I really like yeah yeah, yeah totally we were talking during the as the track was playing and yeah it definitely feels like a 70s or 80s like tokusatsu mm-hmm. show um you can almost hear like the lyrics of the yeah song, you know? it's totally. very poppy and it's having it's having a ball you know to call back the previous track it's it's having a really good time with itself and uh i am also having a good time listening to it so yeah that's that's a cool piece of music all right guys it's time for our third and final taste today of robo girl 2 really excited about this one this was um uh, this is gonna be a nice change of pace you know marty uh, had the idea of you know including this one is the third uh taste to kind of give a little bit of a different side maybe of this album this is, this is a really cool track this is lady andromeda from robo girl 2 composed by marty let's check it out Yeah, I think this track is like what you were saying earlier, Carl, about how you wouldn't expect to hear like a modern chip tuner do like something like this. They'd always try to make it sound like something like a throwback. But mm-hmm. this sounds like very modern in its composition, but it's also yeah. like this chip tune. It's really cool. It's really cool. This is Lady Andromeda, composed by Marty from RoboGirl 2. So awesome. Marty, you know, we're well, as we're listening to this, you're sharing the origin of this track. But why don't you uh, say again uh, where this track actually came from? Yeah, I was actually trying to pitch for this. Um, I think it ended up being like a web series. I don't know if it was ever developed, but it was more of like a high fantasy kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, and so I was actually working on like an orchestral mock-up for this, and that thing didn't end up happening. Um, and so uh, mm-hmm. earlier, Will, you were saying that it's like it seems like a lot of RoboGirl Two was like inspired by the lore and the and kind of the ideas that. Alberto and Carlos and I were um, developing. That's definitely true. There were a few cases of there were these existing pieces of music where all of a sudden, if I kind of uh, like twisted my perspective a little bit, I I started kind of seeing them in like my mind's eye through this. Mm-hmm. So I, it's a surprising that so this, this was really orchestral because to me it, it reminded me a lot of like feeling good. Doom, do do yeah. 
It's a great groove. And it's also what I love about this is um it kind of fills like it kind of fills this uh, or checks this mark that really no other track quite does. It has a very unique vibe to it and groove and uh yeah it's it's just a really nice standout piece of music on the album and it was one of the first uh tracks on the album where i was like ooh, like it particularly wowed me i will mm. say oh yeah me cool. too i was this was one of the tracks that really made me think about this journey of the stars like making your way to space and you know those ideas this kind of giant sky filled with mm-hmm. stars and space and galaxies and stuff that that really came across in this track. So good. Yeah, it's just oh, it's also great. just like a really BA groove, honestly. Like mm-hmm. even if you didn't have <laughs> that cool. melody, it's just yeah, Well, right. and it's fun using it's um some of the like yeah, just using the wave channel on the Game Boy for different kinds of bass sounds or other kind of strange instrument sounds. So I love how snarly it is too. Like you know, if you would have just done like triangle or something, it it wouldn't have had the same personality. Like it, it's a very um, snarly bass. I love it. <laughs> That's cool. Let's move on to uh, one more game in the Super Robot Tyson series. This is W, which came out for the DS Super Robot Tyson W. And we're not actually positive uh, who's the composer. I think there's probably like an 85% chance that it was someone from Salamander Factory. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's not confirmed. Uh, so we'll put Salamander Factory question mark for this. Uh, <laughs> let's take a listen to Soul Stranger. wonderful you guys are listening to soul stranger from super robot tyson w probably composed by someone from the salamander factory uh you know one problem about listening to a lot of uh with listening to a lot of video game music is it kind of spoils you like i've noticed when i then go and listen to other kinds of music it's it's never quite as entertaining like (laughs) video Mm. game music has so many different elements and it's just there's always something to listen to and this track is a great example of it because you do have this beautiful melody um you have this like disco groove and there's like so many like seemingly like separate elements that you wouldn't really expect to be able to come together but they do come together and they feel so natural and yeah it's music that you know you could loop over and over and over again and there's there's so much to listen to and enjoy it's really spoils me (laughs) 
Well, this track has one of my favorite video game music phenomenons where it's um, after the intro, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, this is the A section, this is the main theme. And then the next section is like, no, this is the this main is. theme. This is. And then you oh, wait maybe for this. It. And it's the idea that it it's like, got keeps legs. opening up to like more and more sky or something. It's, oh, it's just, it. yeah, it's such a such an incredible feeling. And yeah, you know, it's like one thing that I just so love about this kind of video game music is. Um, if you muted the melody, uh, you could say that it's maybe a little bit cliche or maybe a little bit uh, textbook, something that you've heard before, you know. Yeah. Pretty chords, you know, a nice disco bass. It's a cool groove. But the melody, I don't know. It's it's just really powerful. It's, it's, it's a lot more beautiful than maybe one would expect. That's what really sold me on choosing that for this track for today. It's mm-hmm. got such a good melody. It's really good. I love this. This is one of my probably one of my favorites of the day, to be honest. Nice. Yeah, I feel that. It's really cool. I don't know if it really screams robots to me, but I really like it. Mm-hmm. Well, the one thing I can say about this track is um, a lot of the Super Robot soundtracks, Super Robot Tyson soundtracks, mm-hmm. kind of capitalize on tropes from shows and a lot of times you'll get in a show there's like the hero robot and then there's like the girl robot and Mm. soul stranger this track is one of the themes for one of like the female pilots and Mm. her like more feminine style robot oh that's awesome well i I love her theme it's it's wonderful yeah all right let's move on to uh transformers devastation we can't end the episode without playing a transformers track nice (laughs) um yeah this is this is perfect uh, so we have a lot of composers uh, that were credited for this game. It looks like we have Satoshi Igarashi, Tetsuya Shibata, Jun Okubo, as well as Naofumi Harada. Let's take a listen to Motor Master from Transformers Devastation. <laughs> You guys are listening to Motor Master from Transformers Devastation. Um, oh, and I, was, wow. I was expecting a Vince DiCola track, Carlos, <laughs> but this, uh, this is really, really good. Dude, this yeah, might the- be a track of the week for me. This is... Yeah, I'm really surprised by this. this I mean, year. track of the week for me is so clearly power up that it's, it's not even <laughs> funny. But, uh, nice. But yeah, we can argue. We can have an argument about it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, this is great. I was saying when, when we were listening to this is that this is a beautiful through line for me because it feels reminiscent of earlier eras of VGM, um, but mm-hmm. kind of also using modern tools that they have at their disposal. It sounds right. great. It's a great production. It holds up. But 
there, yeah, there's, there's just there's a lot to enjoy in this track. Well, and the playing is so strong. Um, what's exciting to me about this is I totally agree with you. There's a through line, like mm-hmm. aesthetically the same kind of melodic gestures that go back to the 8-bit era, but mm-hmm. uh, rarely are they performed this this well. Like in the, I mean, mm-hmm. we hear this kind of metal setting all the time now, right? Um, yeah. But just the phrasing in the guitar, um, it's. Yeah, it's just really strong and emotional. The drumming is great. I mean, yeah, everyone's really playing their heart out on this. This whole soundtrack rules. Yeah, it, <laughs> it came out for, I think, PS3? Yeah, I think 3 and 4 and, and PC. Four. Yeah, you know. that's mm-hmm. what I was trying to decide in my brain. Yeah, and it um, is cool because it was uh, an interesting collaboration. You have a few Japanese composers, and then you have uh, two Western composers, too, that joined the team. Right, because um, the thing that's really cool to me about this soundtrack is like, yeah, we've got these Japanese composers, but using this Transformers property, they did contact Vince DiCola and had him compose a couple tracks for mm-hmm. the game itself. So it's this really cool, so cool combination of Japanese and uh, Vince DiCola, who's like this legend. And um, one of the composers from the Japanese side is Tetsuya Shibata and mm-hmm. the reason that I'm familiar with him is from Marvel vs. Capcom 2 which sounds right. nothing <laughs> like this soundtrack I know, but right? it's really cool that he's uh, he's in here with these guys yeah another uh, composer credited is Kenny Meredith who I, I'm not familiar with him but um, he's a, a, a collaborator with Vince DiCola you'll okay. see his name a lot Yeah, sweet all right, so it looks like this is the last track of the day here, uh, other than the playout, and I'm so excited uh, to, to play this. I was really happy to see this uh, get a spot uh, on this <laughs> playlist. This is from Kirby Planet Robobot. It's perfect uh, to end our episode with this. This is Flight of Azure, and this is composed by Hirokazu Ando. Let's take a listen. guys listening to flight of azure from kirby planet robobot composed by hirakazo ando juni shikao is also credited uh, ando was the lead composer on this he composed the bulk of the soundtrack uh, there were some like remixes and stuff that i think uh, ishikawa did and i think some original pieces too um, but my favorite stuff is is the ando stuff uh, i love this soundtrack i think this came out in 2016 and it's like one of my favorite scores of that year honestly it just is is so good yeah it's really fantastic i 
we talked at length about that score when we did that episode years ago. Um, but there are so many creative little touches um, in the Kirby Planet Robobot score. And what I so love about it is how, I don't know, the through line that you hear from the very first Kirby soundtrack and all of the new music in this game is written yeah. to sit on the shelf with all that other stuff. And what's cool yeah. is Hirokazu Ando really stepped up and he wrote music that is, that's the thing that I love about Kirby is it's like such a specific idiom um and uh, both he and ishikawa are so fantastic at capturing that same sound and mm -hmm. what i loved about this game is it's like you really wouldn't be able to tell was this hirokazu ando or would this have been you know any of the other composers who worked on kirby soundtracks because it's such a unified mm -hmm. sound but i also like that it has that kind of robot connotation and they get that from some of these synths but then that also gives it kind of a nostalgic look back where it's making you think of the nes games well you know the yeah, instrument totally. choice in the production really does mirror the composition in the soundtrack and i love that because it has the semblance of you know the old kirby soundtracks but they go farther and they go to these right. like a little bit more experimental or maybe fusiony places um yeah, it, yeah it's just really really an impressive soundtrack honestly one of my favorites in the whole series yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, honestly, like when Kirby music is firing on all cylinders, whether it's, you know, Ando or Ishikawa, it's like there's nothing can touch it. It's uh, yeah, there's a high that you get <laughs> that you can't repeat anywhere yeah. else. And it's not yeah. easy to do. I mean, as you know, Carl, with like um, your awesome Kirby tribute album, it's like mm -hmm. I'm sure that was like as as far as like uh, amount of notes like, oh, that's, my gosh. Yeah that's like heavy lifting it's taxing in so many ways like even even when like in the band when we perform kirby it's it's like it's just it's very taxing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to work on it whether it's composing or yeah. performing it but uh listening to it is nothing but a joy so guys this was so fun um i just want to say really quickly what our playout will be um it's from near automata which we actually haven't played music from yet i think our thought was to kind of wait until um a patreon episode which i think will will be happening at some point uh this uh, is composed by the wonderful keichi okabe this is city ruins shade that's what we're going to be playing out with so another great choice from carlos man carlos thank you so much for helping with this wonderful playlist oh man no problem thank you for letting me do it and thank you for uh, letting me be a part of all of this stuff that you guys do RoboGirl 2 was so much fun it was literally a journey <laughs> this past year to uh, go back and forth with mm -hmm. Marty uh, hearing this music ahead of time and uh, you know trying to make artwork that lives up to the music I was hearing and oh gosh, working that... with my friends to create all this stuff has been a ton of fun yeah I, I get so to all you guys think, thinking about it and uh I mean, hopefully by now you guys have seen the incredible artwork and it's, uh, I'd say, yeah, it's beyond my wildest dreams. It's just so beautiful. It's very inspiring stuff. Yeah. Everyone's work on this project. Very, very inspiring and very exciting. So guys head on over to our website and check it out as well as you can listen to all of our other original music there. Everything is pay what you want. Uh, so we really appreciate your support. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks for leaving nice iTunes reviews. Thanks for all your comments and emails. 
Also, you can listen to Carlos and Marty, as well as Matthew, every other week on the Heroes 3 podcast, another part of the Marcado Brothers Network. Indeed. And last week, Underscore came back from sort of a, a long overdue hiatus on Friday, same day that this episode dropped, or same day that uh, RoboGirl 2 dropped, so yes, that's really cool. Yeah, all these podcasts are sort of firing on all cylinders. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, this is weird, we're recording this on Thursday, so VGMCon is about to happen, but thanks to everyone who came, slash is gonna come, slash I don't know <laughs> how to like say that, that David Cross uh, uh, pre-taped, pre-taped call call show. show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of the best sketches yeah, ever. Nice. Yeah, That's the last plug today. Is check out that. Go on YouTube. Check out pre-taped call-in call show. That, that is great. <laughs> well, yeah, this was so much fun. We got to do this again sometime. Having you know both you guys on, it, it's uh, it, it's really great. Especially when there's some jazzy, fusion-y music. I'm, I'm game anytime. Yeah. It would be great to get Matthew in here, too. Oh, man, yeah, that'd be nuts. That would be crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> Will, what's the most number of guests we've had? Is it only two? Have we ever had three? I don't think we've had three guests on our podcast, but we've definitely been participants in podcasts yeah. that have had more people. Well, we'll try to break the record at some point. All right, we got to get going here. Uh, Carlos has got to head to work here, so we should <laughs> should head off. Thanks so much, every, everyone, for listening. Thanks, guys, for you know joining us for this. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out.